0: That uh, song we're singing on the uh, on the on the day when my faith no my health is failing. What is it? give me? Some words. My time draws near. Bless the Lord, Bless the Lord O my soul. Yeah, ten thousand reasons. what's that verse? What's that verse? And on that day when my strength is failing. Yeah. Still, my soul, sing your praise in London. And my time, God, you know, you should know this. You should know it. Oh, I, oh, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. I was singing that just then, and I'm thinking, this is my sweet spot. And you know, the times that I've gone to Europe on my motorbike. Um, My wife will say I'm like this. I drive into Spain and all around France and so on and come back. My happiest moment, the sweet spot, is when I land back in Great Britain and I'm traveling up the motorway from the ferry and I can see Cheddar in the distance. It's the best part of my journey, truly. When we go on holiday, which is quite rare because... My wife knows I don't particularly like holidays because the best time is when we're in the car coming home. And a bit like that. And when I was singing that this morning, I'm thinking, at my age, I'm in my sweet spot. My eyes are failing. I got up. I was driving here this morning. I said, Susan, my eyes are blurred this morning. Does anybody have that problem? Some days your eyes are blurred. And I just can't read things. I couldn't read the number plates. and, And I'm driving away trying to get here. And, uh, and then my knees have gone. I've lost a hearing aid. So I'm down to one now. It's all going wrong. But I'm in my sweet start spot because when my health is failing and my time draws near, still my soul, sing your praise and ending. 10,000 reasons and something else. I am in my sweet spot because I'm going home soon. It's got to be right, isn't it, though? It's the best part of the journey. Best part of the journey when you see home in sight. I, uh, yesterday, I was thinking about today. I've been thinking about today for a bit more than yesterday, but <laughs> yesterday I thought about today. And a verse in the Bible came to me, which I think is outstanding. I mean, it's amazing, and it's wonderful, and it came just when I needed it, Joe. Joe's here this morning. Give him a round of applause. There he is, look, right there. Good lad. Did you make me a drink of coffee as well? No, just for yourself, I see. And here it is. It's found in Job. It is brilliant. I'll read it in my NIV, and then I'll just give you another version. Nevertheless, it says, am I shouting yes. that's it keep awake then nevertheless the righteous will hold to their ways and those with clean hands will grow stronger says in this other version I love this the righteous the righteous will move onward and forward the righteous will move onward and forward that's where we're going none of us are going backwards are we we're going onward. And from this moment on, we're on the onward journey and forward. Those with pure hearts will grow stronger and they will grow stronger. I love that. So it says back in my version here, verse 10, but come on, all of you, try again. The times I've tried, but I've got to try again and we're singing this morning about lifting up our soul and lifting our spirit and worshiping God, sometimes we've got to take hold of ourselves and say, oh, my soul, start worshiping now. Stop singing the song, start worshiping. Stop moving your mouth, start worshiping. You're going to get a moment when you actually practice worshiping in the flesh as a human being, and there's every chance you can move into the spirit. When begin to rise up, together as people of God hallelujah so come on all of you try again yet the desire of my heart turns night into day and the face of the darkness into light because the light is near I don't want to preach on that incidentally I just thought I'd share that with you this morning 13 years ago I I had a major car accident. I've told you about this sometimes. And both Sue and I almost lost our lives. And we spent a short while in hospital, but a long time rehabilitating at home. And for me, it was a three-year journey. And in that three-year journey, I had to have what they call, um, don't know what they call it, a psychiatrist, a psychologist came to see me, all paid, thankfully, by the insurers, and uh, she had sent me through this course. And one of the things that I had to do was to get over the fear of driving my car. But I had a greater fear than just driving my car. My big fear was that I would have to drive past the place that I'd had this major head on car accident because the flashbacks just would go on and go on and go on. And I'd see the other car in flames, I'd hear people screaming and shouting. Helicopters coming in, the paramedics coming in, and the whole motorway blocked up, and I'm there laid on the verge uh, together with my wife. And I felt that my end was near. And so I was terrified of taking that road down to Cornwall again. And she said, I want you to try. But this time, practice before you go that when you get to that place, I want you to imagine that place being a sunny day. You're seeing the clouds. There are birds flying across the sky. The breeze is blowing and everything's tingling around you and the leaves are rustling on the trees. And paint for your picture, the picture yourself, and overlay that tragic scene with a beautiful scene. Think of the most beautiful scene that you can imagine. And so I tried it and I practised it and practised it. And one day I got in the car to drive down to Cornwall and go past that crash site. And when I got near the crash site, it was like inside I was almost rising in the air, looking down. Not from the position of the road, but looking down. All the, the trees and the moorland and the birds and the sunshine and the clouds in the sky and seen it as beautiful. I did that three or four times. And then one day I said to Sue, driving down that that dual carriageway, I said, where was it we had the accident? Whereabouts was it? I'd even wiped out the memory of the place where it happened, and the flashbacks stopped. That was great for me. But there is a way that the Holy Spirit of God comes and changes the atmosphere. He changes the landscape. We don't see the ugly things anymore. We don't see the wicked things anymore. We don't see the tragic things anymore. We somehow just see the beauty of Jesus in it all the landscape changed. When I've been watching the news, as I do on a regular basis, because when you get to over 70 years of age, you watch the news constantly. And constantly, on every item, I'm hearing of murders, child murders, molestations, and seeing the war in Iraq, in uh, Ukraine, and see what's happening around the world, the panic with regard to our climate. I'm seeing all these things, and it's bad news on bad news on bad news on bad news. And that begins to impact my spirit. That is impacting the spirit of our nation. It's impacting the spirit of every family in this nation. Bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And I've got to remind myself of this lovely scripture. For you, my God, have been my refuge. You are my strong tower against the foe. God, I long to dwell in your tent. refuge in the shelter of your wings. God, this is my present reality. I live in this wicked world. But I need you in this world to be my refuge. I need you to be my strong tower. I need to be able to run to you. And I want you to change the language of my heart. And I want you to overlay the memories of the past. And all the bad and the wickedness that surrounds me and give me a positive outlook again. I want faith to arise. I want to be healed in your presence. I drive, drove to work this morning, work, church. I come on a Monday, I come on a Tuesday, I come on a Sunday and some other times as well. And I set up from Cheddar and I go through some beautiful little villages And I pass some very rich houses. They land all around them and they look so fantastic and magnificent. They have belonged to rich landlords at some time or other. Then I go through places where the bourgeois live. And then where the middle class live. Then I come to an area which I'm familiar with because I was brought up on a huge council estate. And I come onto the council estates And it's a different tone. And I see different kind of people and children running around. And I see all this affluence, class system, poverty. And I come here. And I step in this door. And I step into an oasis. I step into a strong tower. I step into an outpost. But my reality is I don't live in this outpost. My reality is I don't live in this building 24-7. I've got to meet the world. I live out there. And when I come here, even though I come into the family of God here, and I'm telling you this, is should, the presence of God should be so strong in this place, I need it. I need the concentration of his presence. The concentration of his presence is every one of us walking in the spirit distilled into this moment. Because when I come in here, my cry still is, oh God, give us more. What I've experienced so far isn't enough, there's got to be more. Lord, Lord, I'm by myself in this world, it seems. I want more of you. Oh, I come here and I'm fed and I'm blessed and I worship, but it's not enough. I want more. I want you to come and visit planet Earth again and save us. And planet Earth means something to you, Father. It means something to us. It's our present reality. So will you come again and touch planet Earth? Will you come and break down these strongholds? Will you move in such a glorious way that we've got access to these strongholds? Will you move, Father, again, when I can experience your divine presence walking around the council estates, walking around the bourgeois areas, walking amongst the rich landowners? Father, can I feel your presence as strongly out there as I do in here? Father, and I'm reminded... From the beginning of time that God actually does visit planet earth. So if historically he did, why can't he do it again? Even though we live in a pagan society, why can't he do it again? When the world rejects the church at an alarming pace and rate and physically and vocally and everything that we stand for, yet here we are, the outpost, God can visit planet earth and do something again. He can change the landscape. I remember, do we not? In the Bible, when people in the tabernacle couldn't even stand for the presence of God, they had to fall to their faces. They couldn't find seats to sit in. They couldn't find a relaxed position. They had to fall on the floor. The Spirit of God was upon them. I remember when God visited this planet and he flooded the whole place. And only Noah and his family survived. Came and visited this planet. I remember in the Bible. When the sun and the moon stood still. Actually, the earth stood still. So that Joshua had longer time to finish the battle with an enemy. God actually touched the cosmos and reordered it. That's the power we're talking about. When Elisha and his servants surrounded by invading hordes, fear struck them. God said, Elisha, amazed at what you're going to see and they opened their eyes and they saw hills full of horses and chariots of fire fighting men, coming down to fight on their behalf and save them from the wicked kings open your eyes it's all going on around us David met Goliath said I don't need your armaments I don't need your armour I don't need your long spears I don't need your swords because I'm going to come against you Goliath in the name of the Lord God Almighty and his armies won the battle Goliath lost young David won just with a pebble can that not happen to us I know in the Bible he came and the mountains trembled and the earth shook I remember when he came to earth he sent his son the living Jesus Christ to come and be the very presence of God himself on earth and display his divine love and affection. But his main mission was not just to represent his father, but to come and save us from the tyranny and the strongholds of evil presence and evil powers to deliver us so that we might know his father God. He visited earth. We crucified him, but he came to die for me. And this little outpost, come again, Lord. Come again, suffering God. When I was a boy going to Sunday school, we used to sing a song. I wonder if anybody remembers it. I can't sing it because I can't remember the tune. If I did, I wouldn't sing it anyway. Around the walls of Jericho. Round the walls of Jericho, the armies went seven times without a stop, seven times without a stop. Da 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 da. And when the people gave a shout, when the people gave a shout. And we used to sing it and sing it and march around the church, all around, all kids in a row. And when it got to, when we got to, uh, when, the, when the people gave a shout, we'd all march fast and stamp our feet. And then when it got to gave a shout, we all shouted at the top of our voice. What the neighbors thought, I don't know. But you got about 100 kids all shouting, shouting, shouting. And the walls, great. It was a Bible story to me. But when I read this Bible story, it's incredibly apt to our situation today. Let's run through this story ever so quickly. I've been told I've got to be over and out. That's Mark. Here's Israel. The children of Israel have done their 40 years of walking, trying to get to the promised land. God, will you come to earth? you lead us into that sweet spot. Bring us into your land. God is interested in the territory. Is interested in the land. Will you take us into our land that we're bountiful, full of milk and honey and provision, where our people can live together, where we can know you, we can know one another. Take us to that place of peace. We're tired of fighting. We're tired of traveling. We're tired of the insecurity. We want to go home. Give us a home. And for 40 years, they travelled through the wilderness, trying to get to the land that God had given them, trying to get home. Just when I go to France, I'm trying to get home. I don't know why I went in the first place. I, don't know, I should go straight home. And Joshua had become the young leader, the new leader, because Moses had gone died. Moses' day was over; it was finished. Now it was Joshua's day. And Joshua had taken leadership now. And there they were. They had just crossed the Jordan. they just in to the territory that they could call their own. They'd almost touched it. They were home. All their prayers and their longings now were realized. They were home when all of a sudden they walked straight into Jericho. The region of Jericho. Pagan, warfaring people, absolutely corrupt. There's a passage in the Bible, in um, uh, that, that, that pointed out in Leviticus 18, totally pagan, and the walls of that city, fortified, the walls, thirteen foot high. The towers, twenty-eight foot high, thick, six foot thick. The walls, the children of Israel. Couldn't get past, couldn't get in. And inside, all the pagan hordes. And to take the land, the last and the worst fight they were now going to face. This is going to be the worst of the journey. This is time to run, move. Why have we come here? Let's go home. I didn't sign up for this. We're going to get slaughtered. Young leader. We can face this. So everybody is thinking is telling us to go to war. Yeah, we're gonna go to war. We're gonna fight. We're gonna take that ancient, ancient city that no one has invaded yet. We're gonna take it. How in the world are you gonna take it? Get the Ark of the Covenant the thing that represents the very presence of God going with his people. Take the presence of God with all the commandments and everything the ark was given to us. We take that ahead. Let the people in there see that we have the ark of the covenant, the presence of God. We are God's people. Put on the badge. Up front. Secondly, you trumpeters, you guys, who can play the show for you. Get right out there. And you follow the ark. And we're going to go to that place. And there were probably, nobody really knows, there could have been 600,000 that were going to do this. But there are probably about 4 million of them trying to get into their new land. We're going to go around the walls of this great city. And as we go around the walls of the great city, we're going to take it. Right. Where's the bows? Where's the arrows? Where's the cannons? Where's the fighting men? Oh, yeah. There's 20,000 fighting men there, if not 40,000 fighting men there. Let's all get armed up. No way. We're going to do this differently. Isn't it amazing how God does it differently? And sometimes we can, in our spirits, be at war with people. In our spirits, we can be at war with this world we're in. Sometimes we can be at war with the government. Sometimes we can be at war with the media. Sometimes the world can can become our enemy when God loves it. But how do we take it? We're never going to take it in the way that we normally take it. Have protests, sign petitions. Let's all stop working. Let's all make our name known. Let's go to battle. Let's vote them out. Let's vote them in. No, this is how we're going to take it. Line up, all of you, 600,000. We're going to walk around these walls in silence. It's never been done before. This leader's off his head. We've been to battle before. we fought before. We know what it's like. It's torturous. It's murderous. But to go in silence and walk around the walls, they're going to throw things. They're going to fire. They're going to they're gonna take us. We're just easy meat. Walk around in silence. Just do it. Are you ready, trumpeters? You ready with the ark? Let's get going, and away they go. They get to the walls. Silence now. Long days. Silence. Silence. Walking. And feet away from them are the killers and the enemy and the pagans. Silence. Last day. Silence. When I give the command, all six hundred thousand. Shout to God. And they did. I think I might have gone home on the third day thinking, this guy's nuts. Last day, shout. And the Bible says the walls began to shake. Those great houses Joshua said, attack, take the city. Who would have ever thought that was a plan? That wasn't devised by a committee. That wasn't on the over it projector or on the, you know, it just wasn't there. There wasn't a graph for it total reliance of the silence and the weaning that went on during that time this can't be right, this can't be right yes it is right and that nearness to God as they walked around us, anyone realigning themselves, getting themselves right before God and together with one voice and it was over it was the end of the exodus and I want us to get to an end and the beginning Of God moving on planet Earth. And I want to see those walls that we're afraid of not to see them fearfully anymore. I want to see those walls come down. And it'll come down because sovereign God will move against them in such an alarming way. But the cooperation of the people of God has got to trust Him and get involved in it. And they will, we're not bystanders, we're not onlookers, we're together. Where there's breath in this body at 78? How old am I? 71? 20? My wife is 76. I'm about 38, apparently. please, as a time comes near, oh God, you know for the whole of my life I've been looking for revival again and again and again. Why can't see that. I will give you the desires of your heart, the Bible says. So went forth, went forth for a harvest. The Bible says, I will heal your land. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The Bible says that the righteous will inherit the earth. Promised to Abraham, wherever your feet tread, I'll give you that land. I want this land. I want these streets back. I want these dark corners back. I want these households back. I want the strongholds to fall. I want fear and abuse and our streets to stop. I want the people of God to get engaged. But first, we've got to go straight to God and plead with God. How about in the autumn? How about, I'm thinking off the top of my head now. How about in the autumn? We get together as a church, and we turn this place into an outrageous prayer station. Praying for all kinds of stuff. And against the work of the enemy. And why don't we together bless this whole town, city, whatever. Is it a city or is it a town? Town. Football town. Yeah. Yeah. Bless it. Why don't we go for a walk around the houses and the streets? Why don't we bless the streets and the houses? Why don't we change the landscape? Why don't we see the landscape differently? Just as I now can go down to Cornwall, I can't even remember where the accident happened. Let's have a new vision. Let's take this spiritually. Let's not take this by politics. Let's take it spiritually together. Listen. I've got, show that little video. I've got a little video for you. You'll think, what's he showing this video? I'll explain why. Here it is, look. Just look at that. This is where I live. This is Sue's back garden. Just look at it. It's nice, isn't it? Is that relaxing? All back to my house for tea. You see, you see that little wheelbarrow there turn into an, a garden. <laughs> it's just my garden. I'm finishing as quick as I can. We bought this house six years ago, seven years ago. That garden was a wilderness. It's thick in clay. Couldn't grow anything in it, hardly. I put my hand up and say one of the the words that I don't use in my vocabulary is garden very often. I am not a gardener. My wife enjoys gardening. But I've been in there with my pick and with, what do you put on soil? Compost, thank you. And compost, and I've dug, and I've dug, and I've dug, and I've dug, hating every minute of it. And all the plants, you see, have been plants from garden centers. They're throwing out or they're selling off half price and so on. We had to start again. They're all, it's all cheap stuff. But we've labored. We have worked. She's had a vision. I try to get out of it because that's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. Look at the produce and the product in six years. We've got a vision here in this church. And am going to hear more and more about the vision. And who are the planters? Every one of us. And I know, maybe it won't take six years, maybe it will. But we plant the seed that's the richest seed on planet Earth. This is a seed that God has given us to scatter. And it will produce a hundredfold. It's going to grow and it's going to grow And it's going to grow. It says in the Bible that my father, God, is a gardener. And again and again in the Bible, it refers to gardens. And when it talks about heaven, it refers to gardens. And the people I've known who have visions of heaven, dreamt of heaven, there's always a garden involved. He is a gardener. That's what we are. I went to Auschwitz, and I walked around that concentration camp, where all those thousands, and thousands of people were gassed, and families, and little children, husbands, wives, and the atmosphere was cutting and deep, and frozen and cold. I've been in people's homes where there's strife and no harmony, and you can sense in the atmosphere. You go into a relationship and there's no love you can sense in the atmosphere. I've also been into homes where I know it's joyous without a word being said, it's in the atmosphere. I know when someone has got the gift of hospitality, as soon as we go through the door, I know it, I sense it. The atmosphere is important to God. We can change the atmosphere in this town. And I'm going to tell you this. It's time that we lassoed this town. Do you know what you mean by lasso? You know the cowboy that went and got his? Yeah, lasso it, ring it. Ring it with a ring of glorious fire. Ring it in prayer. Surround it as the armies of God. Join him with the angels. Join him with his warriors and surround the thing. My children, two of my children, I've got two sons who have a daughter, two of them, this last few years, gone through catastrophic events one over the other side of the world and I couldn't get to them. The only thing I could do, what? The other son on the point on the edge of a breakdown. I couldn't get to him. What could I do? When I was praying, what was I doing? I was lassoing them. I'm surrounding them. I'm netting them in. I'm catching them. Did Jesus do that? At his command, even though it was in the vicinity, people got healed. But the word of his command, we are going to change the temperature. We're not only the temperature, we're going to change the atmosphere. And we're going to pull down those strongholds and change the landscape. That's why we're on planet Earth, to do exactly that. Amen? Amen! Amen! Yeah, if you want